Well, uh, some of you may be aware, maybe you've seen on social media, but Pastor Chad and Pastor Nate have been in Israel all this week with about 30 folks from our church on a study tour of Israel, teaching daily at a lot of different sites. Uh, it's been an amazing trip so far. But uh, as Raquel mentioned, we're wrapping up our Against the Grain series today, and Pastor Chad really had a heart to teach this message, but knew that he wouldn't be here. So we're going to do something a little unique today. Uh, we captured the first part of Chad's message on video before he left on the trip uh, last week, and then when he got to Israel, he taught the second part of the message on site in Israel and sent it to us. So we're going to watch that combined uh, message today. Uh, so let's, uh, if you would, open your Bible app, grab your Bible. Let's look at the passage that uh, we're going to be looking at today. It's actually Luke 6, verses 46 to 49. Luke 6, verses 46 to 49. And it says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my word and does them, I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when a flood arose, the stream broke against that house and could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. When the stream broke against it, immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. Let's pray together. Oh God, thank you for your word. God, would you open our eyes today and show us what you want us to see and teach us from your word you, what you want us to learn and do work that only you can do, God, in our hearts today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Here's Pastor Chad. Hello, CBC, and thank you, Pastor Brian, for the introduction and for reading through the passage. Today, we are wrapping up our series, Against the Grain. We've been looking for the last month at teachings from Jesus in Luke chapter 6, that if we were to apply to our life and obey and follow, we would definitely be living against the grain, against the grain of what we want to do in our flesh, against the grain of what our culture wants us to do. And our uh, desire to follow Jesus will not go with the flow of what we see in the world around us. It will definitely call us to a life of uniqueness and distinctiveness to live for Christ, which will definitely take us against the grain. And so here we are at the end of not just a series, but really at the end of a sermon, a sermon that Jesus was teaching somewhere in the region of Galilee on a plain, this level place. This is called the Sermon on the Plain. And now he's concluding his sermon. He's wrapping it up and he's bringing it, like most preachers, to a place of application. And so I want to go back to the passage that was just read. And I want to look at Luke 6, verse 46. So get your Bibles out with me. And let's look at Luke 6, 46. And starting there, let's look at what Jesus said. He said, why do you, and you obviously was referring to all the people that were present in that uh, message context. And there was probably thousands of people on that level places Jesus was teaching. And he's saying, why do all of you, right? Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you? So this is a very powerful verse, and I just want to try to unpack this one little verse a little bit because it's, it's very important. And really, Jesus gives us our big idea for the day, which is lordship, 
our proclamation that Jesus is our Lord, our desire to follow him, that lordship is evidenced by actions, not by words. It's what we do that will truly tell whether we are followers of Christ, not what we say. We're not just giving lip service. We need to give life service. And so the big idea for today is that this lordship of Christ that we profess, that we proclaim, is evidenced by actions, not by words. Now, I want to talk about the word Lord for a minute. The word Lord in the Greek is the word kurios. Now, when the people uh, at this point in time in Jesus' ministry were referring to him as Lord, they probably weren't using it the way we think they are. Uh, the word kurios or Lord is a polite reference of reverence and respect. It's a reference to a master, but it's probably the equivalent of what we would say when we say sir or ma'am. It's a, it's a very polite title. And obviously, at this point in time, they know that Jesus is a powerful rabbi. His teaching has an authority unlike any other authority they've ever experienced. With clarity and with power, he's teaching the words of God. And so they're referring to him as Lord. Now, later on, uh, the word Lord is going to take on a deeper context. And we see the word kurios is also a reference to the name of God, to Messiah. And this is uh, the word Jehovah or Yahweh is also referred to Kyrios, but we don't see that just yet. But as these people start to come online in belief and faith, they transfer from Sir to Lord or Master and seeing him as Yahweh, as seeing him as Messiah. In fact, we see that unfold as the life of ministry uh, that Jesus is fulfilling is continuing, and as he continues to do his miracles and his teaching, and especially after the resurrection, when we see people referring to him as Lord, now they're using it in the context of he is truly the Lord. Just a few moments in scripture that we see that taking place. Well, that's in many places, but we see in Peter's sermon on the day of Pentecost in the temple of Jerusalem in Acts chapter 2, if you look at Acts 2.36, Peter says, Let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. So obviously this is a reference to the lordship of Jesus. We don't make Jesus Lord. We acknowledge that he's Lord. He is Lord. And so this is a moment where they're saying he's not just a sir. He is truly the King of kings and Lord of lords. And that phrase, uh, a lot of you might have heard that before, we find in the book of Revelation a couple different places. In Revelation 17, 14, it says that he, a reference to Jesus, is Lord of lords and King of kings. And then in Revelation 19, 16, on his robe, and on his thigh, he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So Jesus is Lord. And he's saying, you want to call me Lord, but you're not doing what I'm going to tell you. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, but you don't do what I say? So Lordship is not evidenced by what we say. Those are empty words. They're, they're hollow words. They're contradictory words to say, oh, we love Jesus. We follow Jesus. He's the Lord of our life. But then we actually don't implement the teachings that he's given us. Now, you notice this curious here. They say Lord twice. He says, why do you call me Lord, Lord? Are they stuttering? Like, what's going on here, right? Uh, when you say a word twice in Scripture, it's emphatic. And so the, he's saying, you're calling me Lord, Lord. You're being very earnest about this. You're being very um, sincere about this. But your sincerity is falling short if you don't do what I say. So the equivalent for us would be uh, maybe if I tell someone I'm sorry, I'm really, really sorry I did that. But then I go ahead and do it again, whatever hurts you. Am I really sorry for what I did? Or if I, if I forget something, look, I really, really won't forget this time. 
but then I forget. Uh, my actions are going to speak louder than my words. That's exactly the point that Jesus is making here. Why do you call me Lord, Lord? Why are you so emphatic in declaring your obedience to me, but actually you're not doing what I say? And so all of us need to look at our lives. If we are professing Jesus as our Lord, if we say that he is truly our master, then if he's our Lord, that means submission to Christ. That means obedience to Christ. It means we're going to do what he says. We're, we're going to do what Jesus says over what we want to do. We're going to do what Jesus says over what we feel like doing. We're going to do what Jesus says over what a church might tell us, a pastor might tell you, a priest might tell you, a politician might tell you. No matter uh, what a voice is speaking into our life, if it contradicts what Jesus has taught us, when we're using empty words, we're saying we love Jesus, we're going to follow him, but we're not going to do what he says over whatever that voice is telling us to do. So this is the point that Jesus is making, that lordship is going to be evidenced by actions, not words. So I need you to look at your life. I need you to think about where maybe he, um, you know, Jesus would put his finger and say, this is an area where maybe you're not being truly authentic and calling me Lord. I know there was a, a very defining moment in my life. I was a freshman in high school. I was at a summer camp. I had been following Jesus for a couple of years. I would say that Jesus was my Messiah, that Jesus was my Savior. I placed my faith in Jesus as my Savior. But there at Hume Lake Christian Camps in Fresno Mountains of California, I heard a man speaking about Jesus being the Lord of your life. And I just felt like a, a big spotlight hit me. I realized I've, I've asked Jesus to be my Savior, so I kind of have my fire insurance, if you will. I know I'm going to heaven. I know I'm not going to hell, and, and I believe in Christ. But all of a sudden, conviction overwhelmed me that I had not surrendered my life to Jesus. I wasn't doing what he said. And so I was calling him Lord, but my actions were actually denying the very words I was using. And so there uh, in June, as a freshman in high school, I really surrendered. I had a moment of surrender to Jesus as my Lord. I hope all of you have had that moment. And if you haven't, it's never too late. Now, Jesus is going to continue in his teaching. And what he's going to do, like he typically does, is he wants to use a metaphor. He's going to try to now use imagery to drive home his point. So we're going to go on site to Israel, where uh, we have a group of people right now that are there. And we're going to look at some of the imagery that would have been in the mind of the original audience as he used these next verses. So let's get to Israel. Hello, CBC. Shalom from Israel. Me and the group are here in the lower part of Israel by the Dead Sea or Salt Sea. We're having a great time learning tons in the greatest Bible classroom in the world. Everything's coming to life. And that's why I wanted to film and send you this video so that even the text that we're in right now will come a little more to life for you and it will have deeper meaning and deeper context and deeper understanding because of just the imagery you're about to see. So I want to look again at the passage that we're in and then what Jesus says, he uses a metaphor, an image to try to bring it to life. And so look again with me at Luke 6. As we just saw a second ago, Luke 6, 46, Jesus says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Then he goes on, he says in verse 47, Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he is like. He's about to paint a 
picture of what everyone who receives him as Savior and Lord will be like. And I just want to be really clear here that when you receive Christ as Savior, you simultaneously receive him as Lord. It's not two decisions. You don't receive Jesus as Savior and then later receive him as Lord. But we do know that there are times when we aren't living under the Lordship like we should. And our life doesn't demonstrate the Lordship of Christ like it should. That's why we're saying Lordship is really evidenced by actions, not words. So Jesus is my Savior, and He's the Lord of my life. How is His Lordship being displayed through my words? Then Jesus paints this picture to say, this is what it will be like if you're listening to me, and if you're not listening to me. So look at verse 48. He says, He is like a man, this is the one who is uh, doing them, right? He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when, notice, not if, when a flood arose, the stream broke against that house and could not shake it because it had been well built. So this is the person who hears the teachings of Jesus and then acts on them and implements them. He continues with this word picture. Look at verse 49. But the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. When, not if, when the stream broke against it, immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. And so this is a word picture that Jesus is using, and I want to bring that word picture to life. Now, I'm standing in what's called a wadi. A wadi is a riverbed. This is a small wadi, but we need to understand the visual imagery that the audience of Christ would have seen in their mind, and that we should now see in our mind when he uses this illustration. So, in Israel, the, the winter season, the rainy season, is the season where they get most of their water. And as you can see behind me, all of this is dry ground, dry rocks, dry sand. This is the wilderness. When you see the word wilderness in your Bible, this is really the imagery that should come to your mind. Not, not a mountains with trees and bears and all that. It just, it's just desert. It's dirt, it's rocks, it's dry. But when the rains come down, what happens, as you see in this clip right here, is the rains start to uh, fill up the riverbeds. They start to overflow into the area below. And so the rains start pouring in, and they start to come through these dry ravines, no longer making them dry. And as you can see with this imagery, the water starts to flow through the wadis and flow through the riverbed. Sometimes it's slow and gradual and, and just works its way through. A lot of times, though, they are flash floods. Uh, Israel is known for its flash floods with the rains. And when the flash floods happen, this water comes over and through the ravines, gushing down with such great force, coming fast and coming um, deep in water. Sometimes the water will, will rise up to three to five feet of just a wall of water coming through the wadis. And uh, this is a dangerous scenario. In fact, our uh, tour guide here, his name is Ronan, we were talking the other day about something that happened in April of 2018 where a tour guide didn't listen to the warnings that were out about flash floods with rain and the wadis, and he took 10 high school seniors on a hike uh, through a narrow canyon. Well, all of a sudden the rains came down, it flooded that canyon, and all 10 of those seniors uh, lost their lives. So this is a very serious issue, these flash floods. So now let's get back to the imagery that Jesus is using. When he says, when the floods come, everyone's thinking about the rains. They're thinking about the wadis. They're thinking about the flash floods. And clearly, if you're going to build a house, you're not going to build a house in the wadi. 
You're not going to build it where the waters are, are going to be able to touch them. And if for some reason the floods spill over beyond the wadi, how your house is built is going to determine whether it stands or not. So for example, as I look at this wadi here, when I come back and look at the dirt, as you can see, all this gravel, I gotta be careful, all this gravel is loose. All this, all this dirt is just lightly there. So when the water comes down, all of this debris will just move down. You can see behind me how all this rocks all came down from higher territory because the water pushed it down. And so for the person, who listens to the teachings of Christ, it's like they just drop their house right here in the middle of a wadi. There's no foundation. And when the waters come, it's just going to destroy the home. And it says right here, it says, immediately it fell and the ruin of the house was great. And I just want to talk to those of you right now who are spiritually seeking, who aren't sure about your relationship with God, your relationship with Christ. If you understand what Jesus is saying here, he's saying you have no foundation. And when the floods rise, uh, we're going to experience hardship. We're going to experience trouble. And right now, maybe you kind of laugh at that in your mind. You think, I've got everything I need. My bank account's full. I've got a nice house. I've got cars. I've got family, friends. Everything seems fine. But don't forget, tragedy, crisis, difficulty is just seconds away, moments away from our lives. And when those floods come into our homes, it will quickly reveal the weak foundation. People who you thought were your friends all of a sudden aren't there for you. Uh, all our wealth, all the things that we trust in and we feel comforted by, if that's taken away from us, we realize there's no foundation. And immediately that house will have a great fall. And so as you're spiritually seeking, as you're spiritually thinking about Christ, I urge you, I plead for you, listen to the teachings of Jesus. Listen to his invitation to come into relationship, to be your Savior and, and the Lord of your life. And when you receive him as Savior, you surrender your life to him and to his Lordship. And then that lordship will obviously be determined by the evidence of your actions, not just what you say with your mouth. But then he paints this picture, let's go again, to the person who listens. And they dig their house deep. And so when you look at this kind of terrain right here, underneath all of this rubble at some point is bedrock. All around me on the sides is bedrock. But you have to dig down to get to it. You've got to dig down six feet. You've got to dig down maybe 12 feet to find bedrock. And then you anchor your house to the strong foundation so that if the floods come, when they come, I should say, when those floods come, when they come up against the house, sure, the house is going to feel it, but it's not going to be shaken. It's not going to be destroyed because it's anchored in the bedrock. When we come to Christ and when we listen to his teachings and when we apply his teachings to our lives, we're building, we're digging down deep into the foundation of who Christ is and our comfort, our hope, our peace, everything that we have is anchored in Christ. And so that's a great comfort for us. It's also a great reminder that we need to dig down. And by the way, Christ is the rock. He's the anchor, but we do have to do some digging. <laughs> we do have to be in the word. We do have to be faithful to be talking to the Lord, listening to the Lord. We have to be faithful to be in Christian community. We have to be faithful to learn and study. And so that's a very important part of us digging down, but we're not the foundation. Uh, even, even going to church isn't the foundation. Your, your Bible study isn't the foundation. It's who Christ is is the foundation. And all of those, you know, the Christian community, the time in the Word, all of those lead us to a deeper relationship with Christ. But again, the floods will come. In fact, I want to read a passage for you. Uh, it'll be on the screen here. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses uh, 8 and 9. It says, We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, 
but not destroyed. I just want to be really clear here that coming to Christ and Him being the Lord of our lives doesn't mean that we're going to not experience hardship. It doesn't mean He's going to shield us from everything painful. It just means He's with us in the pain. He's with us in the difficulties. And so we are, as it says here, afflicted. We're afflicted, but we're not crushed. The Lord's going to let us experience pain. He's going to let us experience difficulty, but He's not going to let it destroy us. So when the floods rise, our houses feel it, if you will, but the houses aren't going to come crashing down. So Jesus brings all this imagery to a point of understanding. If you call me Lord, if you profess faith in me, you're going to do what I say. Why do you call me Lord, but you don't do what I say? You don't have a foundation, but if you call me Lord and, and, and you honestly apply, listen and apply what I'm telling you, you'll have a strong foundation that will keep you secure in me and who I am and who you are in me, but you have to be doers of the word. Uh, we see that in James chapter 122. We're reminded, be doers of the word, not just hearers only, deceiving ourselves. And so we come to church and we just hear Bible teaching and walk out the door unchanged. We're deceiving ourselves. We're not doing anything. If we just sit there, we're scrolling on our phones. We're thinking about the score. We're just distracted. We're not listening to learn and listening to apply. We're deceiving ourselves. We're not listening to the words of the Lord. Our foundations on loose rubble. And eventually that flood will push us away. So here we are in Israel. This imagery, I hope, helps you bring this to life. We can't have superficial relationships with Jesus. We have to have dug down deep, anchored, foundational relationships with Jesus. And that lordship of him over our life is going to be evidenced through the actions we carry out because of his teachings, not just some profession of our lips. We say a lot of times this way, there are those people who profess faith in Jesus, then there are those who possess faith in Jesus. If you just profess it, but you're not doing anything that Jesus said, we really need to take that to heart because he's saying you're, you're, you're in a wadi. You built your house in a wadi and you're not, you're not paying attention. But if we possess faith, we long for Christ's words. We love Christ's word. We love his teaching. And then we try to find ways to apply it into our lives. So I hope this is helpful for you today. Pastor Brian's going to close it up in a minute. But as we close up, I want to just say this whole series has been good for you, I hope. We've talked about living against the grain, against the grain of what we want in our own heart, against the grain of what the world tells us to do. Well, the world's going to have one direction that tells you. They're inviting you to build your house in the wadi, right in the riverbed. Hey, they'll promote it. They'll make it look good. But eventually those floods come and wash everything away. And then Jesus is inviting you into relationship. He's inviting you um, to, to surrender to him as Savior and the Lord of our life. And that Lordship will be evidenced by our actions, not our words. Well, we're going to resume our tour in Israel. We'll be with you shortly. Uh, just so you know, we're looking again uh, to come back to Israel in about three years, fall of 2022. So you can mark that on your calendar and start to save to come to the best Bible classroom in the world. And we hope that this imagery uh, will help you grow in Christ. Let's build a house on the rock, on the foundation, so that we're strong in Christ when the floods come. Love you guys. Appreciate you. See you soon.